I think we do have uh, Charlie Campbell on the line now from WalterFootball.com. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us here on Iron Sports. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. So, Charlie, before I turn you over to Ira, just one thing. Does it ever bother you? You know, I, I study the draft intently, but there's not that many sources to get information from from mainstream media. And oftentimes they're very wrong and things go off the rails quickly. So when you're doing your own draft boards, do you sometimes scratch your head at what you're seeing the national media put out as opposed to what you guys think is actually going to happen? Uh, yeah, definitely, and I think it's in part because uh, I kind of approach it in a different way. I really listen to scouts, uh, teams, directors of college scouting, coaches, uh, and I use that to really put together my projections more so. I don't watch ESPN. I don't. I also refuse to talk to agents. I learned that lesson years ago <laughs> because they had they have an agenda they're not always going to feed you the truth you know so i just really lean on people who know more than i do and i just try and and when i'm at a decision on where to project a player i just fall back to well this is where a team's teams are projecting them so i'd rather be wrong uh by rolling with that than just going off my own thoughts and feelings because at the end of the day my opinion about players is irrelevant what is relevant is where teams value these guys so that's what i pursue absolutely correct and i was telling uh, charlie about my listeners about your site walterfootball.com it is i use it during the year i use it during the uh just going to college football games and saying okay penn state's playing iowa who on iowa should i be following all those things but then you also have because not only do you have the 2021 but you have 2022 2023 and then you keep up your old drafts so you can go back and look to see oh where did you have Mahomes? where what mistakes did you make most people don't most people go back to their old drafts and fix them so they're like perfect 100 so i just love your analysis of the players i love your analysis of the team so i'm just so excited to have you on it and i suggest everybody go on walterfootball.com and you also have a book called a safety and a field goal uh, out but just every that use that site because it's to me the best resource to really understanding the draft. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we, we work at hard 365 and, uh, you know, and start looking ahead uh, within a year or two of that draft and just kind of getting a gauge on who are the players that could be in that class. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it, they're already the advanced NFL scouts. Uh, the teams pool them together for national football scouting and whatnot those guys are already looking at the spring games and uh spring practice if they're allowed to watch this year the craziness and all uh so they're already looking at 2022 and so it's a long process and it's really fun and exciting to see how it evolves and I think it was just to lead into it because of the pandemic, because some, most there was a number of these first round picks that didn't, haven't played football in two years. Um, there's was no combine. Do you expect this year's just some surprises? The fact that a lot of these players sat out last year, um, could there be surprises in the first round or second? Whereas who knows if, if these players, how they stayed in shape, what they worked on other players that might've moved up uh, a lot's maybe up in the air coming because of the pandemic. Absolutely. It really hurts some players. And I think, you know, is teams who even scouts who are a bit more understanding of players who sat out have said, you know, well, I know our team is going to, uh, if we have two guys graded similarly, similarly, we're going to end up going with the guy who has more recent tape and who has more experience because they don't have the combine. 
You didn't have pre-draft visits, going to all the team facilities, workouts there, local workouts, all the other parts that are normal with the draft process. So I do think you're going to see more surprises this year. You could see uh, some shocking names slide and fall lower than expected. And then so just to jump into your, your draft, you have Lawrence uh, going to Jacksonville, of course, and then Zach Wilson going to uh, the Jets. And then the 49ers pick, that's the one that people have been – it's all over the board. I mean, here today, Trey Lance, I mean, it's like a stock's up and down. But you had in your, in your draft, you had Fields going there uh, to the 49ers at number three. Yeah, I – you know, I agree that that's really the big mystery. And – I asked around a lot with teams uh, after the trade was made and the days following about who the 49ers were targeting. And, you know, they most, for the most part, team sources thought they were targeting uh, fields. As one GM said, uh, if they wanted Lance, I don't think they would have had to move up as high as they did. And if they wanted Mac Jones, I think they could have traded the other direction. So uh, I think that fields is the target, but, I think the 49ers are doing a good job of uh, playing things really coy and getting out a variety of, of options to make everyone guess and uh, just to try and, for them, make sure the Jets don't take their preferred guy. That's what I, you know, Mike and I <laughs> talked about that last week. It's like they don't want to say we love Fields, we love Fields to make the Jets say, wait, maybe we should draft Fields instead of Wilson. You know, it's like if you, we all play fantasy football and you're not going to all your friends and saying, I really want this guy in my fantasy draft. Like they'll ask you, what do you think about so and so? Oh, he's okay. You know, those things. Charlie, do you think it, 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 where do you think the love for Mac Jones? I feel like it was like a month ago and now all you see everywhere is Mac Jones number three. Whereas, like I said, me and I were looking at this, you know, objectively, like, I, I don't know about this it seems like Justin Fields is a better fit yeah I completely agree with you guys I mean and in talking with scouts uh, they like Mac Jones's intelligence they like the work ethic uh, his ability to anticipate but across the board they say they just do not see a first a first round top of the first round caliber uh, quarterback in terms of arm strength or mobility or playmaking ability uh, so I think that the 49ers, you know, Kyle Shanahan has had those guys before, the Kirk Cousins types. And I think after losing to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl uh, and seeing the way the NFL is evolving at that position, uh, got the success of Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, I, I think that he's going to really be more inclined to end up going with Fields, a guy who can be a playmaker with his feet and do some special things athletically. And then at the four uh, with the Falcons, I mean, some people are saying uh, they should trade out. Uh, Matt Ryan is uh, or pick a quarterback or what it seems like it's up. But if, if you're going to go for I mean, the Falcons think, I mean, the one thing I think is Arthur Smith and, and, and their owner, like, they want to win. <laughs> and the idea is you have still, Matt Ryan is, what, 36, 37 years old. I mean, go with the tight end and Kyle Pitts, and I think that's what you had in your, your draft is Pitts going to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the kind of hidden part of all that was when they restructured Matt Ryan's contract earlier this offseason. I think when they did that, they basically locked him into being their quarterback for the next two years. Uh, because in order to trade him, it is just going to be a nightmare in terms of the cap hit, the dead cap space they would have to absorb to trade him. And I think that with that being the case, it doesn't make sense to draft his replacement because one of the great advantages 
of having a young quarterback is you have him on that five-year cheap contract, and you're going to lose that advantage if you have to spend the first two years paying Matt Ryan a huge amount of money. So it really takes away one of the assets of drafting a quarterback at this point. Uh, and like I said, Ryan, uh, you know, it's gonna it would hurt so much to trade him away contractually, and he's still playing well. So, and you still have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley entering his prime, you have a nice tight end in Hayden Hurst, you give him another weapon like Kyle Pitts, and maybe a running back in the second round. Uh, and that team could be right back into playoff contention when you have a franchise quarterback that's still playing well. And now we're getting in the fifth pick in the sixth because we're down here in West Palm Beach. So certainly a lot of interest in the Dolphins, even though it's certainly anyone who listens to the show, I, I fans from all 32 teams. But you have the Bengals saying, let's go to Chase, uh, um, Joe Burrow's a college uh, wide receiver from LSU uh, who sat out this past year rather than the offensive lineman Panay Soul from Oregon that a lot of people think would go in that position. Yeah, it just it, from reading the tea leaves, I think – uh, Cincinnati might be more inclined to go with Chase uh, to give them a, a number one receiver to replace A.J. Green. They signed Riley Rice, veteran left tackle, in free agency. This is a deep offensive tackle draft, so they should have some good options there uh, in the second round as well where there will be a, a pretty big drop-off from Chase to the receivers there. Uh, I know I think Joe Burrow's lobbying for Chase as well. <laughs> Uh, but at, at the end of the day, uh, I think that, you know, that's a tough call between the two. You really can't go wrong. But right now, I think that the lean is towards Chase. And then you predicted the Dolphins would go with Sewell. I don't know if a lot of Dolphins would be that more excited. I mean, they would rather have the flashy wide receiver, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, but you have Sewell uh, going to the Dolphins. Would your mind change if the Bengals went with with Sewell instead? And then would you think the Dolphins would then go for a wide receiver? Or what what are the Dolphins looking at at six for that position? Yeah, you know, I'm really torn on the Dolphins pick at six if Chase is off the board. I think if Chase is there, it's a no-brainer. But then when you get into the debate between Sewell and the wide receivers, Sewell, uh, you know, you could put him at right tackle, and that's the blind side for Tua, give you a bookend with Austin Jackson and really help lock up the edges in terms of pass protection. But they took Robert Hunt in the second round last year, uh, so perhaps they feel he's developing well enough to be that right tackle in the long term. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is with the receivers there, both Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, you have size concerns with those guys. You did sign Will Fuller, so you're, it's not like you're just desperate for a speed receiver. you got a really pr- good proven one uh, in Fuller on the roster so they really could go either way. I'm torn on that pick. I wouldn't be surprised if I flip it around a few times before the final, before drafting hits here. If they decide to go wide receiver and not Sewell, do you think they would take? Now, both these wide receivers played with Tua. So he knows them familiarly. They played at Alabama, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. Which one? And if Chase was available, would they? which would you think of, of those three would they take? I think Chase would be the first choice, uh, given the size that he has is just more of a projectable uh, to the NFL with Waddle. Uh, he's put together a little bit more so than Smith in terms of thickness and 
having a build kind of similar to Tyreek Hill with the Chiefs. So I think he might be their second choice, and then I think Smith might be the third, uh, just given that the, the 170 pounds, uh, that slim you know, weight issue is harder to project for the NFL. There just really haven't been a lot of receivers, especially in recent years, uh, that have been, you know, star receivers uh, at that weight. So I think that that would be the order that, a lot, from what I've spoken with, a lot of teams, a lot of kind of rank them in that way. Uh, but they have Kyle Pitts as their top kind of receiving option in the draft, regardless of position. And then you, then you have the Lions picking Waddle, and then in eight, you finally get a defensive player, uh, Horn, coming in. You felt for Carolina. Do you think there could be a trade that someone with Carolina, or Carolina at this point, do you think they're they're happy with Sam Darnold? Or some people say, well, if they got, if under your under this analysis, either Mac Jones or Trey Lance is available, would Carolina go with the, the quarterback in that position? No, uh, from what I've heard, uh, Carolina doesn't like either Mac Jones or Trey Lance there in the first round. I think uh, that came into the equation with the Sam Darnold trade. After the 49ers made the move up, I think Carolina believes that that was for Fields, and they don't uh, like the projection with Lance in terms of needing the work and field vision. Uh, and Mac Jones, I think they just don't see a top 10 caliber uh, quarterback physically. So I think with then they make the trade for Darnold. I think that after that, they would love it if Sewell gets to their pick to be that long-term left tackle. But if he's off the board, I think Carolina is going to look hard at J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina, uh, and then also, I think Patrick Sertan, the cornerback from Alabama, is in the discussion as well. I liked how you did the analysis about Horn and Sertain, about they both played against Florida, and Florida actually had a lot of success against Sertain, but Horn was able to shut down all the Florida wide receivers. I thought that was interesting how you how you just looked at Florida with all. It's amazing Florida didn't have a better year last year, considering their quarterback and all the wide receivers they had. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean that goes to show how much of a team sport uh, football is because you had an elite uh, passing attack, but they couldn't run the ball, which hurt them uh, in games against them like Texas A&M and LSU and then Alabama, and they they didn't play good defense. Otherwise, they would have beaten Alabama in that SEC championship game because Alabama couldn't stop Trask and Pitts and Tony to save their life. And Grimes, really underrated player, he burned Sertain for a 50-yard touchdown in that game. So uh, Florida, it just they didn't have all the pieces in place of team football, but they certainly were dynamic and amazing through the air. And then you have um, Lance going to Denver. So you're saying that Denver, that instead of would move on from Drew Locke and, and bring in Trey Lance to be the quarterback there, for some reason they, they liked Lance, as you, in your opinion, better than the other teams do. Yeah, that's what I've heard, that uh, Trey Lance is definitely in play for Denver. I think Denver uh, is feeling some regret in terms of the Josh Allen decision. Uh, and I think that, you know, from what – uh, they're just what they've seen with Drew Locke. They're just not sold that he's a long-term guy. But if they're proven wrong, then that's a really good problem to have. If Drew Locke comes out this year and plays really well, well, then you could trade Lance uh, and stick with Locke in the long term in 2022. At this point, 
unless a Joe Burrow comes out of the woodwork, uh, really isn't looking that great at quarterback. So I think for Denver, uh, if Drew Locke turns it around, that's a really good problem for them to have. And you have Sertango and the Cowboys, and I'll let Mike ask about your favorite, his favorite team, the Giants. Well, I do, I do happen to be a Giants fan. I wanted to ask you before this because I've been very skeptical of Jerry Reese and now David Gettleman. How do you, how is the Giants' actual picks ranked out as compared to what you would have done over the last, say, the last four or five years? Uh, good question. I mean, I think that uh, Jerry Reese had a nice run in the early going there, and then I think some of the decisions in the uh, later years were questionable. Uh, I just didn't understand a few of them. And then with Eli Gettleman, Apple, those picks. I think, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And with Gettleman, I, I feel that uh, he, he made, uh, to me, the, the Saquon Barkley pick, um, as much as he was such an amazing running back, when they didn't have a true quarterback of the future to replace Eli Manning, uh, and they evaluated all those quarterbacks and they decided against um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, they even could have traded up from the second, their second-round pick for Lamar Jackson. So, you know, passing on those guys when you didn't have the long-term guy and then a year later you end up kind of taking a lesser prospect than Daniel Jones at sixth overall. I think that was a mistaken evaluation. They might get away with it. I mean, if they really get a good receiver here to go with Galladay and Barkley runs well next year and the young offensive line develops, that could really be enough to help Daniel Jones turn the corner and turn into a solid pro. But at the same time, I, I don't see him being as good as um, a league MVP already and Lamar Jackson and then Josh Allen uh, almost taking his team to the Super Bowl uh, during his rookie contract. So, you know, I think he, I think that was mistaken by Gettleman uh, over the 2018-2019 draft when you kind of look at it, look at it as a body of work. So you do have, you, you mentioned offensive line and the Giants have obviously invested a lot in the offensive line at first round last year and Will Hernandez in the second round uh, two years ago. I think that a lot of people want Rashawn Slater here. I don't know if I can go back to the offensive line and I think you have them taking Devonta Smith. That's right. I do think um, Smith would be their pick if he gets there. I think Waddle uh, would be in contention as well, but I think uh, Jalen Waddle is going to be off the board. I think there is a good chance Devontae Smith gets there, and I think he would be their pick. I think he'd be a really nice speed receiver to pair with Kenny Galladay, really improve the potency of that passing attack. And then with Ingram and Barkley, now you have some diversity on offense in terms of playmakers. And then I, I wouldn't be surprised if they look at cornerback in round two. And then um, we're talking about Penn State with Barkley. You have the Penn State. We're jumping to the Patriots. I think a lot of people think, wait, Mac Jones is going to go 15 to New England. Belichick, he's going to be the replacement for, for uh, Brady, the similar type of quarterbacks. But you have them taking Micah Parsons of Penn State, who I've been a Penn State fan I've seen for years, but last two years. But uh, I'm surprised that you don't have Mac Jones going to the Patriots. Well, I, you know, that, it's a tough call. I mean, you could, I could see them doing that because they don't have the long-term starter but at the same time, they brought back Cam Newton, and then they just went on a crazy spending spree, you know, with the tight ends and Nelson Aguilar and uh, spending more on the defense. 
I mean, to me, uh, that kind of uh, all of that spending and free agency is saying win now that they want to go out and turn this around quickly uh, and bringing back Cam Newton, I think, just speaks to uh, them looking to win this year. And I think with that being the kind of mindset, I'm more inclined that they take a a player that's going to step in and help contribute right away. Uh, rather than the the long-term quarterback. But I definitely could be wrong on that. Patriots are really difficult to predict. And like you said, there's a lot of correlations with Mac Jones and kind of the Patriot way. And then jumping down to 18, the Dolphins have another pick. Again, you're not going to wide receiver. You're, you're, you're thinking they're going to go defensive defensive end uh, Payne from Michigan uh, to shore up some of that defense. Even the defense played great for, you know, that was what the strength of the, the Dolphins last year. Yeah, I think they could use a little more edge rush. I think Emmanuel Ugba was a really nice signing and uh, played better than a lot of people around the league expected. So that was a job well done by Miami and their front office and coaching staff. But I think they could still use a little bit more edge rush. This is a deep receiver draft. They're going to have some awesome receivers available to them in the second round as well. So with them being loaded up on picks with the high first and the high second, uh, you know, and then the other two, they, they're going to have just plenty of good options to consider at wide receiver. Uh, and the pass rushers really drop off. So I think that at 18 there with Quiddy Pay from Michigan or, say, Jalen Phillips from Miami, either one of those two would be a great pick for Miami. So if we're sitting there and your draft is going the way you're saying, probably about like 10, 10, 30, uh, Mac Jones is people like, why hasn't Mac Jones been drafted, dropping? What happened? Why is he falling? And you have him pass the Redskins, with, uh, the Washington football team, and then go into the Chicago Bears. So I don't know. Again, the Bears are going to try at that pick in terms of trying to finally find a quarterback for that team. Yeah, you know, it just we've seen it happen, whether it's, Aaron Rodgers or Brady Quinn or Johnny Manziel, you know, we just have, we've, you know, there was hype about Mac Barkley uh, back in 2013. I mean, we've seen it where these, their quarterbacks can slide. And with Mac Jones not having really that top 10 skill set, it just would not shock me at all if uh, he got some Bama hype that the media uh, loves and part out of being lazy, I think, and that just <laughs> helps push up some of their guys. And uh, so it wouldn't shock me at all if if he is kind of the continuation of that uh, story of quarterback sliding lower than the media expected, but NFL teams not being really that surprised about it. And then one final question. I'm a humongous Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I'm you pick have us picking a running, having the Steelers pick a running back, but it's not Najee Harris from Alabama. It's Travis Etienne from Clemson. A little surprised by that in terms of that move, but you only have one. A lot of other drafts have Harris and both Etienne going the first round. You only have Etienne going to the Steelers. Yeah, I, I for me it just comes down to the team. Uh, kind of fit there and in terms of the Steelers they're in win now mode with Big Ben obviously nearing the end of his career got a lot of veterans on that team and there's few positions that can come in and contribute quickly and hit the ground running and really affect the win-loss column like a running back can and with Etienne he's such an explosive receiver and such a dynamic player in the passing game in terms of a mismatch weapon and a guy that you can 
really help uh, to generate first downs with it, the, what he can do in a third and five situation uh, is just dynamic and special. So I think in that regard, a lot of teams give a slight nod to Etienne in the passing-driven league. But Harris is a dynamic three-down running back as well, solid in the passing game in his own right. So I really think they can't go wrong. But we saw last year a lot of the running backs you know, slide to the second round, uh, guys who had first round talent like DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor. It's just kind of where the league uh, generally values the position these days. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like last year where we had one running back go in the first round and then some really nice values for teams in the second. Well, again, thank you. This is Charlie Campbell of WalterFootball.com. It's just all you need for the draft. You're going to watch the draft Thursday night, Friday, Saturday morning. Just get on WalterFootball.com. You're going to know all the players. They list them all out, the teams, the the mocks, everything. It's the easiest thing to follow. I, I, I thank you so much for coming on, and, uh, and definitely I, I suggest everybody use your site in terms of analysis of the draft. Uh, it's great being with you guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I hope you guys enjoy the draft. Thank you.